Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 197. And today, I'm really excited because we're going to be doing another hot seat session. What is a hot seat session, you ask? Well, if you are not a longtime listener, maybe you're brand new to the show, what a hot seat basically is, is when we take someone's question or their certain situation in business, a struggle, an obstacle that they're facing, and we try to help them here on the podcast. And that's what I want to do again here today, and I'm really excited to have a good friend of mine come back on again. His name is Chris Schaefer. You guys probably have heard me talk about him quite a bit. Him and I are good friends, but we also share a lot of similar ideas as far as this business goes and e-commerce and all of that good stuff. So really, really excited if you couldn't tell that you're here because I think this is going to very valuable for you. Now, just to let you guys know, we do have show notes and we have full transcripts now to these episodes. So if you want to download the complete transcripts or go to the show notes and get all of that good stuff, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 197. That's episode 197. So again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 197. You'll get all the show notes and you'll also get all of the transcripts, whether you want to read them there or download them. They're there for you. Any links we discuss discuss will be there as well. All right. So I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to go ahead and get into this hot seat. Chris and I had a great, great uh, conversation here. And just to let you guys know, we're kind of in training here because as the time that this is being aired, Actually, and it's not in training because we're actually going to be doing it. This is going to air on May 2nd, I believe, and we're doing a live event with Real Hot Seats live in person on May 1st. So yeah, I guess we're training now because we're not doing it, but we're going to be doing it. So if that makes sense. So we are getting warmed up for the big day, which is May 1st, but you're listening to this probably on May 2nd. So anyway, you're going to learn something from from listening to this, I'm sure, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So here is the Hot Seats session I did with Chris Schaefer. Well, hey, Chris, what is going on, my brother? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Sitting here starting my morning off right with a little conversation with Scotty V, doing a hot seat. <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, no, this is fun. And actually, it's it's kind of crazy because we are going to be doing this live. And depending on when people are listening to this, we're getting close to where we're going to be doing this for 10 people, actually hot seat sessions, that is. And there's going to be a, another 20 people attending, uh, sitting in on these and also hopefully adding some, some of their bits and pieces of experience. But yeah, I'm really, really excited about this live event the TAS breakthrough live that is so this is again is kind of like our our warm-up our our uh, getting our uh, I guess our game on right it's our training montage if you will <laughs> exactly now I've you know you and I've done you know a few of these already and uh, I, I have to say the response has been really really good uh, people are really enjoying them I think people like real life examples and also having us kind of brainstorm back and forth as if we were helping them one-on-one. So uh, this one here was from one of our students actually in the private label classroom. So he actually reached out to us and he had some questions and he already had a product launch before he joined the class. Okay. And what he said here, and again, I'm not going to go through the whole story and all that stuff, but I just want to kind of get right to it. The one thing that he said here, and he didn't record a voicemail for us, but he did give us his issue and his kind of like his his struggling or his struggles and, and kind of like what he's battling with right now. One of the big things is, is that, you know, he's launched a product. It was doing okay. And then he just started losing sales. And now what he wants to know is 
how do I relaunch that product? Is there a way to relaunch a product to get it going again? Is it worth it? Uh, or should I just abandon that product altogether and start from scratch? So that was kind of like his questions. The other thing that he wanted was us to kind of take a look at the product, the listing, and maybe even just the market and give our opinions and kind of like maybe pull it up in Jungle Scout and see what the numbers look like. So that's what I want to do here uh, for Daniel. Uh, so Chris, are you uh, are you ready to dive in here? I know that you've kind of taken a look at some of his stuff uh, that he's already put out there, some of the numbers and stuff, but are you ready to dig in here? Yeah, let's just jump right in. All right, cool. So First off, let's just kind of let's just kind of go into the numbers, okay? As they are, uh, you know, right now. Like pulling up his main keyword, and we, it was very obvious right away his main keyword, which you know, perfectly, you know, done as far as like in his title and all that stuff. So, knowing what the main keyword is, we pulled it up in Jungle Scout, and let me go ahead and pull that up now, so we can both look at that together once again. So. First glance, Chris, looking at the Jungle Scout numbers, and again, we can't show you guys these numbers, but we're going to walk you through them uh, because this is audio, obviously. But Chris, looking at the numbers in Jungle Scout, pulling them up today, what's your thoughts? So there's a couple things. The first thing that jumps out is that average sales number, right? The, the volume in the market looks really, really good until you start to dig into it a little bit further and you realize that a lot of those products are actually different styles of the same product, some of which seem to have a higher perceived value to begin with. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it totally does. And so the next thing that I'm kind of seeing here is that the price point's a little all over the place. You know, the, the top two listings, number one and number two, $27.99, 57 bucks. That looks really good. The guy that's selling $27, $28 is doing almost 4,000 sales a month. Mm. That looks awesome until you realize that it's a different style from what a lot of the other people that are selling in this market have yeah let, let's just let's just talk about that real quick though because when people when they look at the the first page and then they're looking whether they're looking in jungle scout or not when they're looking at the first page you don't see unless you hover over the product to see exactly what the product is and i think it's really important to understand that when you're looking at a product you want to be you want to be comparing apples to apples you don't want to say oh the numbers look great and there's a 27.99 price point but the one that you're going to be selling is really more like this one that might be 17.97 so I just want people to be, you know, to really be clear on that, that when you're looking at this stuff, you, you might look at the top 16 results, but there might only be four or five of those products that are what you're going to be selling. They're, they're similar. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah. And a, a lot of times, Scott, what you and I say is, well, if it serves the same function, you probably want to count it in those results, right? In this case, it is a very different style of product. Yeah. There's two different people who would buy that. And, and this is one of those things where it's kind of like a gut just that's my gut reaction mm -hmm. is there's two different people who would buy this style. Right, right. It's not like a garlic press where one hat, you know, one presses up and one presses down. It's a completely different style. It's a different material. It would appeal to a different kind of person. One would appeal to more of like a higher end taste mm -hmm. and the other one would appeal to someone who just needs the thing to get it done. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> the style that we have here that that he has two different variations of appeals more to the people who just want to get get the thing and 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 do do what it's designed to do. So that's kind of the gut feel when we look at this and again generally we say if it serves the same function you're probably good to go. But when you're looking at the different materials on this and the different makeup, it does make a difference in this case 
And that's why it makes sense to, at the very least, hover over it, if not scroll through that first page of results and just see what the differences are in the products. Yeah. And I, I want to go now to, okay, so like if we've done that, like we've figured out that maybe one is plastic and one is stainless steel. Let's just say that. Okay. Well, in this case, let's say that the first three results, cause that's what I'm looking at, or actually the first two results are that let's, let's say that they're plastic and then the next one is made of the better material in a sense, but yet the plastic one's selling a little bit better, but there's other components to that, which we can't describe, but just to kind of get a, a little bit of a visual. But if we move to, to position number three, it is basically the same product, right? right. It's the same product. So now let's look at that. So we're at number three. They're ranked number three for this keyword, okay? And they're selling for $17.97. Their, their sales rank in home and kitchen is 3519 And their estimated monthly sales is 998 That's about $17,934. They have 246 reviews and a four and a half star rating, and it's fulfilled by Amazon, okay? Now, that all sounds great on the surface, but the other thing that you want to look at there is, okay, was that 998 part of a, promo a promotion that they ran? So that's when we would do kind of like that back search and we would want to then look in Camel, Camel, Camel or in uh, Keepa. I believe it's Keepa, right? Isn't that what it's called now? Um, yep. yeah, Keepa. And, and that's built right into jungle scout now. And if I'm looking at that, it looks like this data is being pulled in since January 16th. So that could be a fresh listing. I would then want to go into camel, 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 and then see if, um, that product was selling longer than January 16th. Um, because I think that camel, camel, camel had definitely has a little bit longer history, um, out there. But besides that, I would look at that and I'd go, okay, that's cool. A thousand they're selling a month technically at 246. If all the numbers check out, let's move on to position number four. That is very similar to the first and second. So it doesn't compare to the one that I'm selling. Move to position five. It's the exact product that we're selling. Okay. So now we look at that one. That one's $25.99. Okay. Same category. And they're selling 403 per month technically and 476 reviews. So now if I click on the rank on that inside of Jungle Scout, I can see it's back from January 16th. So Chris, do you see that? I'm, I'm also noticing that I think people just while we're doing this live here, uh, you know, on Keepa.com, I'm noticing that and I've noticed this myself before we even did this today, Chris, is that a lot of their data is only going back to like January um, of this year. So I'm just wondering if that's something that has to be updated or if you go over to Camel, 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 you'll get a different result, which maybe we should do that just to well, kind of and, verify and you that. will. I took a look at listing number three, and it's been selling since June of last year. Okay, so that's so. huge. That That is huge. So I don't know if I'd necessarily even look at that. I mean, it's a quick, good glance to see inside of Jungle Scout, but then I would probably hop out and go over to Camel, Camel, Camel. Um, but okay, so if that's the case, though, number three, so then we can say, okay, this this is a pretty seasoned listing. Right. And that 998 is probably accurate. Um, you know, it's probably close to being accurate. Uh, 246 reviews, not too many. But let's now look at his listing. He's got 76 reviews. Okay. 76 ish, something like that. But here's the strange thing. Okay. Chris, now why don't we talk quickly about what we noticed from the two different listings that he sent over to us to look at? Why don't you talk about that? So there, there's two things that immediately stuck out and he sent us both listings that he wanted us to look at, which appear to both be his products. The thing that the first thing that I noticed is one, it's two different colors of the same product, and we don't have them set up as a variation listing. Now, as I've heard Scott and I talk about parent-child listings, variation listings in the past, my general rule of thumb is there's never a reason not to set it up that way. If if you've heard 
Scott and I talk about variation listings in the past. My kind of stance on this is there's not really ever a reason not to set it up as a parent-child listing. I understand why some people may not do that because they're trying to take up two spots on the search results page. But in my experience, unless you're going to actively promote those and, and do a lot of extra work to, to try to get that second spot, it's not really worth it because you can drive all of that traffic to one listing, let the person pick the one that they want to buy, and you actually see a higher conversion rate. The other thing is you get to combine those reviews, right? So it looks like one of these has like 76 and one of these only has three. So, you know, maybe maybe the one with three is actually a more popular color. Mm. If you combine that with the one that's 76, you're now up to 79 reviews. Yes, that difference of three doesn't make a big difference for the first color. But for the second color, it can make a huge difference, mm. right? That mm. may actually end up being the one that sells more. And he's actually got that one priced higher, which to me means he either thinks it's going to sell more or it costs more. Either way, you want to justify that with a higher number of reviews. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And let's kind of talk about really quickly, though, and we won't go off of that too much, but as far as his numbers, like right now, we looked at his numbers pulling up in Jungle Scout, and what did we figure he's selling per day approximately or per month? Uh, just under just under eight okay. a day okay. between the two listings. Okay, so about eight a day. Um, okay, now we we know that this is a pretty competitive space. From where he's in and the depth right now and I, I think that the the demand and the depth and all of that will change because it could be I think a fourth quarter product as well but I think it could sell pretty well throughout the year um, so let's let's again we're looking at at his situation and kind of what he's up against we we move down the list a little bit further um, and we can see there's other people again 1999 with 860 reviews um, selling 855 a month. We've got another one here that's different. Then we go to position eight, um, thirteen dollars and ninety-one cents, six hundred and twelve sales, one hundred and twenty-seven reviews. So clearly, it looks like they're new and they're trying to, um, you know, get sales organically now, which they've gotten to page one. So they are going to probably start getting organic sales, and they're they're priced to sell. Um, I'm not sure how they can make a lot of money at thirteen ninety-one for this particular product, but like again, it might be a strategy that they're trying to do to gain position, and it's worked. Whatever they've done because they're page one um so you know again you're battling with people that are doing the same thing right now to try to get to page one because clearly they only have 127 reviews um and then if we go down a little bit further we have someone in the eighth ninth position same idea 1499 very similar product 509 sales at 350 reviews uh so again seems like probably doing a promotion of some kind and trying to gain it by pricing lower than everyone else here's kind of like the race to the bottom right? And this is what can happen. Um, the next one, position number 10, very similar product, $23.99. They're selling 903 at 324 reviews. So that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure if they're a bigger brand or not. I don't think they are, but um, they're definitely selling more and they're priced higher. So maybe people think that it's a better product, right? So once you get on page one, if you price it higher, that might work, something to test. But you got to get to page one first, right? Um, and then we go, go to the next one of position 11, very similar product, $24.99 selling 862 with only 75 reviews. That to me is a standout of it's probably a brand new product that's being promoted. And again, we could do some research going back to see how long they've been selling. Uh, if I go on Keeper right now, February 1st. So yeah, fairly new. 
Um, and, and again, I can just keep going down the list. We go down to position number 13, same product, 2190, 564 sales, 586 reviews. Uh, 14 uh, position is, again, a private labeler, 1499, 568 sales, 340 reviews. Uh, let's see, one more. Let's go to position 15. That's different. Position 16, same product, 1099, 573 uh, sales at 137 reviews. So with that all being said, Chris, what's your thoughts on what we just kind of went over? So looking at this, there clearly is enough room in the market for people of all different price points. One of the initial things that you and I had kind of talked about was, man, a lot of these guys have a low price point. But going through this, there are a couple who are selling stuff and it's a very similar or the same product at a higher price point. The thing is, at this point, he's not review competitive right? He's got 79 reviews. The guys who are selling at that higher price point have 300, 400, 500 reviews. So that's that's kind of something that sticks out to me. The other thing that I'm noticing as we're scrolling through these is, you know, he's not showing up for PPC. So I don't know if he's not running it or if his bids aren't where they need to be or or what's going on there. So the, the two things that really stick out to me are it, it does look like there's a lot of depth in this market just kind of scrolling through here even when you discount that other quality, that other kind of product. Mm. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily cast this one aside, but I would do probably a more constructive like relaunch, if that makes sense, and maybe do another giveaway to try to get to 200 or 300 reviews and start aggressively running PPC. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And let's kind of talk about that a little bit because I want to give them some action steps as well. And anyone else that's listening that might be in a similar situation. Um, and, you know, actually something right now that I'm currently doing myself, um, which we talked about. And it's it's kind of similar because, uh, you know, I had a product that was uh, not as competitive in the very beginning days. Um, it has since become kind of the garlic press of uh, my market. And uh, now because of that, it's really hard to differentiate. So I've created a, uh, a variation off of that with less of the one item to hopefully get people in on price, but then see the better value as they come in. And I think with what you're saying too is, you know, if someone's searching for, you know, a certain color, okay, and you have that, that uh, you know, that variation underneath that one listing, then that's going to help you because, you know, it's going to build out that particular listing as far as getting it more rooted, you know, in, you know, when you put all that energy into a listing, it's going to be easier to put it all into one than versus to scatter it out amongst two, um, unless they need to be separated. But in this case, we're just talking like color. Um, so in this case, you know, and again, talking about action steps and what I'm even currently doing is, you know, I would say to kind of come up with a launch plan and then go ahead and aggressively turn on pay-per-click and really only target those handful of product or um, sales. Right now, if you've been selling for a good amount of time, even three months, you're going to have the data, right? So take the data from your pay-per-click and then look at the ones that have converted, only the ones that have converted to sales. Bring them out, pull them out of those campaigns, put them into one campaign and aggressively go after those keywords. Put them in a phrase. Don't put them in, a, in, a, in an exact. I don't think I would do that. Now, Chris, maybe you have other thoughts on that, but I would put them in a phrase at this point. And then from there, I would start aggressively sending you know, traffic to those keywords because that's going to help me rank, especially for this main keyword. 
that's the one that you really want to, again, spend some money. You might break even. You might lose a little bit of money. But if we can get to page one, then we know we're going to be able to get the sales um, in the future. And then from there, as the as the reviews build, that's why the, the promotion is really in, in place here. And the promotion isn't necessarily just to get page one. It's really to get the review. So when you get on page one, you're going to convert higher. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. And, you know, something that I'm noticing, one of his products is on the second page for Ooh, his wow. main keyword. Okay. He's at, granted, he's at the bottom of the second page, right? But the thing that I noticed when I found his listing is that it really does stand out because everybody, and, and he did something that we kind of glossed over. He did differentiate, even though it's the same product that a lot of these other people are selling, he did differentiate it from something that everyone else is doing. Everybody else just kind of went with the stock manufacturer version. He did do some things to to make it look at least a little bit higher end. And so if he can get onto that first page with that, it's going to make a difference. So then we we should probably think about putting a lot of energy to push that to page one, which would probably be pay-per-click. Like that's like, I would say, the best way, and, and especially now that we're talking about, you know, people saying that, uh, you know, Amazon's cracking down on super URLs to kind of get yourself to, to page one. So even if you don't do something like that, which I think right now is kind of like it's a judgment call who, you know, if you want to do it fine, just be careful and there could be uh, some consequences. But the safe way of doing it is to run pay-per-click. Because if you get sales through that keyword, through pay-per-click, it's it's going to help you get on page one. And once you do that promo, that is going to help your overall BSR, and then that will also trigger some things inside of the algorithm. What do you think, Chris? I think that's spot on, and I think what he needs to do is what you just kind of walked him through, which is take a look at that search terms report. See If you've been running PPC, if you haven't, please, 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 please turn yeah, on Yeah, start, start that. Start um, that. That customer search terms report is one of the most powerful things you can have in terms of Amazon. You know, they don't show us a lot of analytics. They don't show us what organic keywords are are contributing sales to our listings. But they do show us what paid terms drive traffic and drive sales. Mm. And so if we can look in that report and find out the exact words that people are using to drive traffic to our listings and to drive sales to our listings, then we can use that. And maybe we go in and modify the title of the listing. Maybe we go in and modify our keywords in the back end. And that's another thing. If he set this up a couple months ago, he may not have had the expanded search term section in the back end of his listing when he did that. Mm. And I'm noticing a lot of sellers have still not taken advantage of that expanded keyword section. If you haven't taken advantage of that, fill that out completely. Yeah. Even if you don't think that you're doing it perfectly, just fill it, you know, like put it, even if you, you know, even if it's filled with was and the, yeah, and some of those kinds of things at this point, exactly fill it out and then come back and go, okay, well I have a hundred characters worth of filler words. Let's find a hundred characters worth of other words that actually make more sense. Yeah. And I mean, a simple way, I mean, while we're talking about that, I mean, a simple way to do that. And it's something that I'm actually refining right now is, you know, just do exactly what you would do if you're going to run you know, those keywords for, uh, you know, your pay-per-click campaign, do a merchant word search, do a Google planner search, uh, you know, and use maybe their ASINs, do a keyword scrape, uh, inside of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, simple, you know, uh, keyword inspector.com, uh, use that one. Uh, you know, just use any, any different research tool that you can just get variations of ideas off of your main keyword. And then from there, just drop them in there. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people, Chris, that have been saying that they have been seeing a difference when you, you have those keywords make 
sense rather than just dropping them in there randomly. But my thing is, is it can take hours, if not days, to really think about how to position them and structure them in such a way. Um, and I know you and I have both said that, you know, we believe that Amazon will just pick the ones and make them make sense. But someone that I recently talked to said he tested it and he's seen a difference, especially in the in the first sentence of that or the first line of those keyword search terms that it was making a difference when he had them more exact in the back end. So, so if you put garlic and press next to each other. Yeah, then it would give a little little bit more weight than if you had garlic and then you had four other words and then you had, uh, you know, press at the end of that. Um, I think he was saying something like, uh, if you, if you, I think the most keywords that he found that he could do that with was two in between. So it would be garlic and then maybe bag, um, you know, stainless and then press, right? So then you would still come up for garlic press. Um, not saying you won't come up. It's just, he found that it, it, for his anyway, that it did make a difference. So it's something to be experiment with. But, but when that's being said, then it makes us, you know, doing this work say, oh my gosh, I got to sit here and think about how to position all of these. So they make sense and they sound, what are the best ones? So me personally, don't worry about that right up front. Just get relative, you know, related, you know, uh, you know, relevant, you know, keywords in there. So this way here, you have a greater chance of being pulled up for different terms. Well, and, and filling that out is critical. And I, you know, I'll toss out the strategy that I've started using for that, at least up front. And I actually am going back and cleaning that up a little bit when I remove those filler words, just because it, it helps me organize my thoughts. So sure. I may be doing what you just described without thinking about it. Um, but my strategy is I'm going and I'm scraping the, the three people who, if I could take out, you know, if I could take mm -hmm. their spot, yeah. that would make my product, yep. right? Yep. The same thing that I would be doing when I run that initial PPC campaign where I'm running against the competitors, I'm going and I'm grabbing those two or three ASINs, I'm running them through Keyword Inspector, and I'm taking all three of those lists and then running them through a deduplication tool, uh, the one at SEO book. Yep, yep. And I'm finding that it actually, in most for most products, it takes three or four full lists of keywords to reach that character, that 5,000 character. It does, it does, it's a lot, it's a lot. And you don't realize how huge that limit is mm. until you actually <laughs> try to fill it out compared to what was it before? Like 500? Yeah. Yeah. It was or something before. It was short. Yeah. And it's now it's 5,000. And so when you're removing duplicates, you're not going to have garlic in there a hundred times. Garlic's only going to show up once. Well, how many different ways can you talk about a garlic press? Turns out there's a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I, that's that's kind of the initial strategy is just dump it and try to fill the 5,000 characters with those competitor keywords and then come back and clean it up. And so that would be the very next thing that I would do if I was him. You know, first, consolidate the listings. Second, set up PPC or or refine your PPC through the customer search terms report. Third, launch, uh, or do a, kind of a relaunch promo to try to get yourself review competitive. And Scott, on that, you know, correct me if you feel differently – I would say he needs to get probably at least another 75 to 100, if not more mm. reviews mm -hmm. to, to be really competitive with some of the people on the first page. You know, some of those guys are 127, which, you know, if he got 50 or 100 more, he'd definitely be competitive with. But a lot of those are 250, 300. So if he's if he gets that 100, then he should at least be somewhat close to them because he'd be at 180, give or take. Yeah. Oh, which, yeah. Which would put him more in line with that. And then after you set up that promo make sure you've filled out all 5,000 characters of the expanded search terms in your back end. And that, 
that should move you at least a little bit. And Scott, you know, I, I've run some numbers recently and it looks like filling those out on listings that didn't have those filled out mm. has increased sales about eight to 10% on average. Mm. It's insane. Yeah. And, you know, I can't attribute it to anything else because I haven't changed anything else on those listings. And it's across multiple products, across multiple categories. You just end up ranking for more stuff. Yep. And you'd be shocked at some of the things that people type in to get to your product, even if they make no sense to you. It's something somebody's searching for. And if I can get one sale from that a month, I'm going to put it I'm going to put it back there and, and see if I can rank. for. It. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, if you think it's all complicated and, it, and you can't do it, just put something in there, you know, that's related, you know, and, and that could just be, again, if you don't want to use, uh, you know, the keyword inspector tool and you just want to use merchant words or use uh, Google Planner, just take your your uh, competitors uh, URL put it into keyword planner and have it spit out related keywords and then just go off of that. It's better than nothing. Um, and, and you have, you've got a better chance of ranking. So why not use that space? So I would not abandon this product because that was the other question that he was kind of like, you know, what do I do? You know, do I just give up on this thing? Um, no, I would not give up on it. I would still get behind it and, uh, and try to push it, but I would also be looking for other products around this market that I could roll out. Uh, so I would definitely be looking at that. And I've talked about this recently, kind of like building out your your uh, you know your um, your pipeline of products. Um, you should always have those anyway. Um, the other thought that comes to mind real quick here, and this is just a random thought, uh, because I can guarantee, almost guarantee, that competitors in this space, in any market out there, aren't really doing this. But if you had a, a little bit of an, I don't want to say aggressive, but you know, you went out there and you you steadily did it, even if you didn't want to do it yourself. If you could contact bloggers out there, I mean, legitimate bloggers, okay, that were in your space and then try to connect with them and give them like one to test and try like legitimately. And then from there, if they love it, they're going to write about it and they're going to put it on their blog. And now you've got their audience that's going to see your uh, particular, you know, widget. You know, I think that's a strategy. It's a slower strategy, but if you can get on someone's blog that gets pretty good traffic, you're going to start getting people to click over to your listing on Amazon uh, organically. And again, that's something that you can't you can't really plan that as far as like, okay, this is how many sales I'm going to get from doing this, but it's a long-term, almost like building, you know, backlinks and stuff to an authority website. It's a slow, steady thing, but if you do that over time, you can have a nice, steady stream of of traffic coming to your listing off of Amazon, and then that's going to, you know, obviously take you and put you up above your competitors. Um, Chris, what's your thoughts on that? I love that strategy. Um, the only thing that I would say, I probably wouldn't do that for my Amazon products because I can't track it. Mm. So I have no idea what the ROI of that is. I have no idea if one, I'm helping that blogger, you know, obviously they're going to use an Amazon affiliate link and drive some traffic, but in that type of a relationship, I would want to know just as a business owner, I would want to know if one, that's making me money and two, if that's making them money, because if it is and I have other products, then I can easily go to them and say, hey, write about this one. Hey, write about this one. Mm. And they're going to want to do it because it benefits their audience and it benefits them financially. I mean, it sounds bad, but it, it helps them out and it's going to help their audience. And they know that. Of course. Um, that's probably something I personally would save to drive traffic to my own site because then I get both values out of right, it. I right. get the value of the link. So basically a Shopify type site, you can you could drive them to something like that, an e-commerce store, or even just your own authority blog that has your own product on there with an e-commerce store. Absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic strategy and it works really, 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 really well. 
Um, the only downside to that is if you're driving traffic to the Amazon listing, you have no idea how those people convert. Do they convert better? Do they convert worse? All of those kinds of things. Um, and then the other thing is if they don't convert for you and they're dragging your conversion rate down, that may impact your overall search rank mm. um, on Amazon. And that's just something I haven't personally done enough testing on to see if conversion rate plays a role in, in how well you rank on Amazon. You know, theoretically it would because they want to show the person who's got the highest likelihood of selling whenever somebody searches for something. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would be careful with that. It's a great strategy and it can drive a ton of traffic. So if you have a market that you know, like his market, there's a ton of people who would like his product. It's worth at least testing. And if it if it correlates to a rise in sales, then keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I guess that you could do, I mean, again, brainstorming outside here, and that's why I love doing these is because we kind of just think like, what else could you do? Um, We've already kind of talked about what we would do inside of Amazon. But the other thing you could do, too, is if you did want to give them to, you know, a popular blogger or someone in your space, a Facebook fan page, some someone that's in your market that's, you know, blogging or talking about this. um, is you could even then offer to give their audience a discount and then you can collect emails from those people after you drive them to a page. Now you can decide, okay, I'm going to drive them because you've got them. I can drive them to my own site or I can drive them to Amazon if you wanted to do a promotion in a sense in the future. So it wouldn't be a long-term thing where you're going to keep driving traffic there, but you're in control of that traffic. And that's actually, that that's not a bad strategy either. That's that, and that's also a way to make it somewhat trackable, mm. right? You're at least going to know how many people redeemed that promo code. Yep. yep. Um, so that would give you an idea of your total ROI. I would still, it still bugs me and it's, be, it's just because of the way that Amazon is set up. They're never going to give you those traffic numbers no. and they're never going to give you that full conversion rate view. You know, we do have access to the conversion rate of the overall listing, but I can't say if they come from this, they convert at this rate because the only way that I can track that is with that promo code. But if you do it that way, you're getting an email and you get to track that a little bit. That's not a bad idea. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I love it. I, I think we've uh, I think we've given some some good advice here as far as what we would do in this situation. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, a product that I would abandon. I think I again, especially if he's on page two already for one of those listings, um, I would do exactly what we said. That would be the strategy moving forward. And uh, I, I have to say, I mean, the, the the product looks great. The pictures look great. The listing looks great. So you, you've got a good piece of real estate there um, that I think that you could get, you know, a little bit of a higher price. Like people are charging 21, 23. I think you could get that. I really, I really do um, with a little bit of effort. The last thing that I would say too is to make sure if you don't, and we didn't know this because we don't have you on here live, but make, make sure that you have some type of follow-up sequence in place too because even if you're only getting eight sales a day 10 sales a day those are people that could go through that sequence to help you continually grow your reviews okay over time and you may want to switch it up and get a little bit more aggressive with the reviews instead of you know doing the feedback to review thing maybe go after the reviews right now just to kind of keep bumping that up quicker than going feedback to review um, so that's the other thing I would say is make sure that you have something in place, uh, whether it's uh, sales backer, feedback, gene, whatever you have um, or that you're using. Hopefully you're using something um, because even if you're running a promotion, you want that to uh, to allow them to be followed up with. And then that way there, it's going to increase your reviews on that as well. So, Chris, is there anything else you want to end with here before we wrap up this hot seat? I think the last thing I, I just want to stress is, man, if if you really are doing the sales numbers that 
it looks like you're doing, if you are doing eight sales a day, if you're not running a promo while we're looking at this, eight sales a day is not a failure. I mean, no. yeah, you have you have two different variations to get there, but it's still eight sales a day. That's pretty good. If you do a couple of the things that that we talked about, you can probably double that, if not more. Um, it's it is going to take some pushing. It is going to take some effort. And the the key ingredient in this, and something that we often miss because we hear stories like Bill Srutwa and Rich Kibble, who just destroy it right out of the gate. Yeah, is that the key ingredient for ninety percent of this is time. Yeah, time. Right, three months, six months. And Scott, I know I've said this on the podcast before. Amazon is not like a straight up, straight down kind of thing. It's spikes and plateaus. Mm -hmm. So you'll be at eight for three months and then you'll jump to 16 with no rhyme or reason. Right. Other than you hit, you know, you hit the next spot up on the page or whatever. And it's like a day to day switch. And then you'll be at 16 for two months and then you'll be at 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, oh, it, yeah. It, it doesn't go, you know, 16 and then next week, 17, the next week, 18. Most of the time it goes one, five, 30. You know, oh, yeah. it, no, yeah, no, you, you have to figure that over time. by any stretch yeah, of no, the imagination. No, 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 you, you have, so. you have to figure that stuff out on, on a, at least a seven day to, or a 30 day, um, you know, rolling average. You, you can't, you can't base it off of day. Uh, so yeah, no, totally, totally agree with that. And even when you're doing a test of any kind, like if you go and change all those keywords, don't expect that all of a sudden tomorrow you're going to start ranking. It's going to take right. time to get into the system. It's going to take time for them to index. It's going to take time. Um, and it's okay, you know, but you do want to see what it is before you did it and then give it, uh, you know, and maybe then look at how many, not just the, the day, but how many, uh, you know, how many visits did you have that you're basing this off of? So, you know, you've, you can do it like, okay, we had a thousand from this, this point to this point. Now let's go and wait till we get to another thousand after we've made that change. And let's see what the numbers look like there. Did it increase it? Did it decrease it? And that's kind of how you're going to go and, and, uh, do these split tests. So, yeah, no, th this was great. Th this was really, really good. I think we nailed it too as far as on time. We want these to be about 30 minutes because uh, that's about the time that they, that is the time that they're going to be at this live event. If you guys are coming to the live event, there's going to be 30 of you and you're listening. Can't wait. This is going to be awesome. And uh, we're really excited to, uh, to get to hang out with you guys. If you're not coming because you weren't able to grab a ticket, we are going to be doing more of these in the future. We just don't know when. But if you did want to be notified when we do them, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you'll get updated when we do uh, decide to do another one in, in another area. We're going to try to kind of make this uh, this event you know, in different areas or allow it to be in different areas. Um, and uh, we'll be keeping every, everyone up to date on that as well. Um, so Chris, I think this is going to wrap it up. Any last little bits of, uh, advice you want to give me in, let's give you 30 seconds. Uh, consistency, consistency, consistency. No, <laughs> I, I, mean, I think, I think the, the ingredient of time is the thing that we really need to pay attention to here. Do the things that we outlined, make sure you're checking that customer search term report. If you guys aren't running PPC, I'd love to know why, mm. because I have yet to find a product where we can't at least break even on it. And it, at the very least, even if you're losing a little bit of money, it gives you the data that you need to move the listing forward. So take take what we talked about today, apply it to your listing if you're in this situation, and then let us know what happens. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And you you did it, man. You did it in 30 seconds. What, what, a, what a guy. You did awesome. <laughs> 
There's a first time for everything. There is. All right. So that is going to wrap this up. I want to remind you guys too, if you wanted to hang out with Chris and I, we do a live workshop. You can register for that where we walk you through for free. We walk you through the five phases for launching a product from picking the product, sourcing the product, doing a pre-launch, a launch, and doing a promotion. We run through all of that. We answer live Q&A just like this in a way. And uh, you can register for free by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Chris, this has been awesome. Let's wrap it up like we usually do on the podcast. I want everyone to remember that I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Chris, you say it too. On the count of three, one, two, three, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Test, test, test. Give me a test, Chris. Test, 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 test. Perfect. The levels are perfect. Perfect. Are we ready? We are. There's a first time for everything. So let's do it, <laughs> let's do it while we got good levels.